Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. All right, welcome back to what is the Locked On Nets podcast and also the Locked On Bucks podcast because, of course, it's not just myself, Adam Armbrecht, uh, who hosts the One Giant podcast among being the, the voice of the Brooklyn Nets. It's not just Doug Norrie, who is the owner and operator of DFSR, covering all your daily fantasy ranking sports needs for NBA and the NFL when it comes back and the MLB. It's also Kane Pittman, host of the Locked On Bucks podcast, Box Bucks? I don't need to know your team's name because that's how little I care about them. That, that's what you need to know about my status. How are you, man? Thanks for setting this up. I'm doing well. And this is not just uh, the, the Bucks and the Nets. This is, I feel like this is the global edition of the Lockdown Podcast as well. For those that don't know, I'm in Australia. You guys are spread apart over your side of the world as well. So this is, this is what happens. This is what happens at Lockdown. Yeah, we were joking yeah, in the back. I got some, I got some cultural flavor happening in the background here. I'm not going to go too much. I'm not going to go too much into it, but uh, it might permeate. It might permeate the uh, the microphone here while we're talking hoops. It's okay. You got a, you got a, you got some international flavor in the in Bucks land too. So it kind of, uh, it kind of all lines up from a basketball perspective. Well, and if it's me, man, I think that we could use that potentially as it comes playoff time. That's the kind of thing that really charges up the crowd, gets the fan base going. <laughs> you know the general deal. Um, Kane, you reached out to us, obviously, to connect following the, unfortunately, very close game, but loss for the Nets, 114-117 uh, to the Bucks, And then we've got the game coming up, what'll be when you hear it, fans, you the fans, will be tonight. Uh, they'll meet again for the second time. But uh, we were talking before we got on, this isn't just about the second game in a couple of days, The this version this season's version of back-to-backs. This also feels like two teams that expect to be there deep in the playoffs and potentially are going to find themselves matched up one, against one another. Did you, or what's your general sense right now? Where, where are you on your team and, and the Bucks? Because from, from my side of it, I've often thought about the Bucks over the last few years as being like, yeah, the regular season kind of doesn't matter. It's all about what happens once you make it into the playoffs and what the expectations are. A lot of big moves, a lot of new pieces. Are you that much more confident now in this team as you head into the playoffs? Yeah, it's been something we've been wrestling with all season long. And the big thing is I think the Bucks have very clearly taken this regular season with a different <laughs> approach as well in the way that they've gone about it. And they haven't had the same juggernaut consistency that we've seen in the past because, to be quite frank, they said from training camp that that wasn't their goal. They realized probably the last two seasons they went a little bit too hard. So it, it's been funny to see this team in many ways turn it up a notch when they play a team like Brooklyn. And, and really, it's been difficult to tell what to take away from a lot of these games all, re, all regular season long because of the players that are missing. And the Bucks just beat Philadelphia a couple of times, but they were undermanned. Both times we've seen... Brooklyn, they've been missing a star. So it, it's, you don't know. And, and I guess this has been the big question mark all season long. Which team's going to be healthy at the right time is going to be pretty significant. But the big, 
uh, answer to your question, I guess, is that I feel more confident about this Bucks team in terms of what they can do offensively, which I think has been the big sticking point for them. Giannis, again, has continued to develop, but the addition of Drew Holiday, I don't think... I don't think that people understand if you're replacing Eric Bledsoe, how big that is for this team. So I think <laughs> that the team's in better shape, but also I think the the bad news if you're a Bucks fan is that the Brooklyn Nets didn't exist last year, and that's a that's a pretty scary proposition. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty good summation. I'm surprised you didn't go into like Jordan Norwell or Sam Merrill or guys <laughs> like that that uh, that you got in the uh, the long extended look at times when you're thinking about teams that uh maybe took their foot off the gas for a few games, which the Bucks definitely did. But the, um, no, I think that, I, I think you're right. I think in watching yesterday's game, it was a nice reminder when these teams are mostly healthy. I know that, uh, you know, there's no James Harden here. So there's a, that's a huge caveat, right? To when you're not, when James Harden is on the court, you have to, um, you have to just, you have to, it has to be mentioned, right? Because it's, it's funny about thinking about the Nets because they almost feel like a complete product now and they don't have a top, you know, at worst 10 player in the league. And that's being like super pessimistic about how good he is. But when you look at how the, the things played out yesterday on Sunday and then maybe even thinking about how it's going to go into Tuesday, do you think that there are, I mean, I know they won, but or I know the Bucks won, but do you think that these are, as it currently as currently constituted, are they two teams that one, are they just maybe the two favorites in the East? And then two, does it, does yesterday pretend that this would be like a, a really close series if they were to go all seven? Let's just take Harden out of the mix for right now. Uh, just because we don't know, right? There's no, there's no way to know. So as, as they are set up right now, did you feel like with a playoff atmosphere kind of style game that they had yesterday, do you feel like some of the question marks you had around the Bucks, maybe specifically for the playoffs were answered in that game? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this matchup would be one of the more entertaining series that you could have because you know that both teams are going to score. And I think, I think that's what we've seen all season long. You guys know uh, far better than I do. But, but watching the Nets and over the, the two games that the Bucks have played them, they, they're going to feel confident that they can score. And the thing that stands out is that the, the top three guys with Middleton, Drew, and obviously Giannis have been able to score a lot a, against the Nets so far. And, and that doesn't really surprise anyone. But as you sort of pointed to, if you add James Harden to that mix, then it, it kind of feels it kind of feels a little bit unfair. And and, and I think you know for <laughs> for Milwaukee yesterday, you take a lot away from that. And I, and I think honestly, the the biggest question for the Nets and and you guys, I'm sure, feel the same way from a Milwaukee point of view is what do you do defending Giannis? And this was the biggest thing for me. And everyone's been talking about it, but I, I really don't know. And I haven't watched the Nets close enough to have a clear answer on this. What the Nets are going to do defensively, but but I. I can't sit here and believe that they would defend Giannis the way they did yesterday in a playoff series. We just haven't really seen a team do that where it's like, all right, DeAndre Jordan, all the best, man. Like, because, because we've seen guys drop back into the paint and let him shoot threes. Like, that's one thing. But allowing him to take a couple steps, get into the mid-range, where he actually feels pretty, pretty confident. Like, that's become a, a pretty decent shot for him without any help. I don't see that that's happening. So do I think that Giannis is going to score 50 points a night against the Nets? I, I, I don't think so. So that, that was the biggest question mark for me. What do I even take away from the way that you guys defended Giannis yesterday? Yeah, my, answer, my, my quick answer is because Doug will be more insightful on it probably is we don't defend Giannis. That's not a part of our plan. We, you know, this team wasn't built to be defending the Giannis <laughs> and the, you know, Embiid's of the world. This is our, yeah, 49 points. I get it. And we're just going to have more guys and hopefully score more points. I don't think there's this real recipe around it. Although, Doug, you know, like I said, Doug is an X and O's guy. So I'm sure he has that Nick Claxton moment here 
where he oh, really dives in deep to the match, to the versatility <laughs> in the matchups. I wasn't going to say Nick Claxton. My first I thing know. was the way to say it was going to say the way you defend Giannis is to score 130 points a game, yeah. and then yeah. you don't have to worry about it. And then you don't have to worry about it. It's a silly answer to start. And I, I'm only, I'm probably being like 60% silly and then 40% truthful about what that, about that is because you really don't worry about Giannis's offensive game if you're just going to go out and um and just outscore them so I, and that's really been the, the nets mode of op, uh, modus operandi the entire season is to say you can be not that great at defense if the offense is going to be historic levels i think yesterday they purposely threw the d because dj i mean he started the game before but he's got a lot of just dmp cds on his, on his plate <laughs> for for the last few weeks i think they did it to see what would happen and to see if that was going to be a realistic thing once they hit the playoffs, knowing that, you know, because if you, I, mean, I don't want to boil the game down to a simple thing, but Giannis just isn't going to shoot 50% on open threes for a series. And that's what he did yesterday. And if you just kind of back out what his probably true expectation is around some of those shots, then the Nets win. I hate to say it, there's more to it than that. But it's, it's like, hey, if you're going to sit top of the key and have, you know, the entirety of Milwaukee in terms of land area in front of you, <laughs> like to, to shoot and you don't, and no one's going to even pretend to run out and you hit 50% of those threes, then you're probably, then the Nets are just going to lose. I, over the course of a series, I actually don't think that's going to happen. So I think what you do is what the Nets did yesterday is take what you can get from the outside, throw a speed bump or two in front of him, like they did with DeAndre and then hope that the other guys kind of don't kill you. I, I think that that's pro it sounds so simple, but I think that that's probably what you end up doing. And I, that it's not a guaranteed to work. <laughs> I don't, I don't think like, cause you can have, you can have a lights out series from Giannis like that and have the other guys just kind of play their roles because I, I so I, it's a, it's a long winding non-answer, but I think that it's, I think I kind of go along with what Adam said to begin with, which was kind of a joke is to say, you kind of just, don't have too much of an answer here and hope that you have answers around the rest of the wings and then and move forward. And if he's going to hit threes, then you're just going to lose and you just probably just say, hey, look, he, he shot 45% from three for something like that for a series. They're going to win the title if he does that. All right, fellas, let's talk about the Locker Room app now. And uh, I know you guys have been doing some Locker Room podcasts with Nets fans. I've been doing some uh, with Bucks fans as well. And it's been a hell of a lot of fun. For those that don't know, Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting a Locker Room podcast this week. I'm going to do it on Wednesday night. Uh, I'll confirm a time on a show later in the week. But the best thing about Locker Room is you guys get to be involved in the show. So we have a live chat room. You can even uh, request to speak and you can ask me a question and have your voice on the podcast as well. So it's been a lot of fun. We've been uh, really enjoying those and interacting with the listeners has been uh, a nice change. So all you have to do is download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me, at Kane Pittman, to be notified when my room goes live. I know you're not going to want to miss out on this. Like I said, this Wednesday night, keep an eye out. If you download the app, you'll see when I'm on there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Yeah, the only series I can really remember a team doing this was in the first round uh, in 2019 when the Bucks played the Pistons and Andre Drummond basically did that. And 
it didn't matter because the Pistons were awful and Giannis just ran straight through them all for the whole four games anyway. So it didn't actually matter. But it is really interesting um, to see whether... Also, whether DeAndre Jordan plays much at all because we saw late in this game, both teams really went small. You had Jeff Green, we had PJ Tucker out there. And I think that by playing DeAndre Jordan, what you actually do is allow the Bucks to say, okay, now we can play Brook Lopez. And he had five blocks on the game. So that's the other fascinating part of this series for me. How much can the Bucks get away with playing Brook Lopez if Steve Nash decides to go small? Yeah, and it's weird too because DeAndre Jordan, there's not a lot of players, at least in today's NBA, where you go, oh, all right, so this guy only has one facet, and it's not even that good of a facet, right? You know, And that's what DeAndre Jordan is. So when he gets on the floor, you know offensively, well, this is a non-starter for you in that regard. He's going to catch the alley-oops, but as Doug and I have kind of assessed over the course of the season for Brooklyn, it's basically, yeah, if you have legs and know how to jump, you can fill that role offensively with the kind of talent around him. The defensive end is where it becomes just as much of a liability. You know, far too often we've seen in his sample sizes of a guy that likes to sag away from the perimeter. So a Brooke Lopez sample size in a series like that, every time that DJ gets on the floor, okay, let's check in Brooke Lopez. Let's have him hang on the perimeter. And every time that DJ does consider stepping out there, it's going to create all that open space in behind him. And then you're leaning more heavily on a relatively small unit to defend against Middleton, against Giannis in the open space around the paint. So I... You know, philosophically, it just seems like we, we, we did this for a long time, Doug and I. You know, what was the answer going to be? And obviously, they had LMA for a minute. He retires, and you lose maybe a little bit more size. So the Nets are going to be a small team. It's just the reality. And by the way, LMA wasn't going to be the answer against Embiid. He wasn't going to be the answer against Giannis, right? Like, this guy wasn't going to solve that problem for the Nets. It was just going to give you maybe another option. And at that point, I, I think you just you lean into the small ball, you work these pseudo fives with Jeff Green and sometimes even with KD there. And, and as much as I joked about it earlier, and I don't know, I don't know how much length or run he'll get outside of early series matchups with teams that we think we can beat without any of our superstars. Claxton's a guy that has defensive versatility, and by defensive versatility, I mean against a certain tier of player. And he's also incredibly limited offensively. So the give and take with any of these guys, there's a limitation to what you can expect them to be able to do. And both for both these teams, the Nets and the Bucks, I think they're probably unique relative to a lot of teams, especially in the Eastern Conference, of saying Giannis, Middleton, you know, Harden, Irving, KD. KD got 42. You know, listen, P.J. Tucker can shove his head into his chest all he wants. It's not going to change the difference. And he said after the game, yeah, I don't know what you want me to do. That was the best defense I could play, and he still got 42 on us. So this is that kind of series when it comes to the playoffs that I think it is just, all right, who's going to be hot tonight? Who's going to shoot better? And who's going to run up the score higher? Because I don't think these defensive matchups are going to be as significant as we would hope them to be outside of the guard positions and what Holiday maybe is capable of doing in terms of frustrating Irving or Harding for us for stretches. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, the one question I'd have about the rotation, and I thought, it, and, and maybe this has been trending in this direction for a while, but Frank, my usual co-host, did ask this question in our little group message earlier, and it was about Bruce Brown. So when I look at the box score last night, and again, keeping in mind that James Harden's, you know, hopefully going to come back and going to get you 35 to 40 minutes a night, it does look like Nash has really tightened this up. Is that is that been over the last few weeks, or what are you seeing there? Because Bruce Brown, I mean, for, for as an outsider, has been one of those role player darlings that literally every single national podcast wants to talk about all the time. So to see him only play four minutes is at least curious. 
Yeah, so he, actually, it's funny about Bruce Brown. Like, Bruce Brown is a total anomaly, and Nets fans are going to know what I mean by this. Like, if you watch him on a night-to-night basis, is that for a long time, Bruce Brown was effectively their center. <laughs> like, he, he played offensive center for them uh, on short rolls and stuff like that. And then, but the thing is, like, a couple things. One, that's been a little bit exposed in the short term in terms of, like, his ability to do it because teams have just kind of figured out that, okay, this is what he's going to do. He's not really going to shoot many threes. He's not going to be in the perimeter when he kind of flashes to the inside. If you kind of just stand your ground, he's going to have to hit some weird very high level of difficulty floater over you. And then I'm actually not surprised at all that we didn't see him much against the Bucks because the Milwaukee, like you know, is so long that almost any switch that they were able to get around the perimeter that was going to allow him to flash was going to be met with someone that was just much bigger and very good at defense. And so like he's been able to live off of the teams that don't really get that and don't, are, are really slow to – figure out what's going on but as the, as the league has sort of figured this out it still does work against some teams but it was it's almost definitely not going to work against the bucks because even if they made a mistake like you know made a mistake on a switch or allowed someone to get back door allowed him to get back door there's just I mean, who's the smallest guy drew <laughs> like on the team and so at like what six seven or whatever he is six five and so even if even if it did work for a moment, it wasn't, it's not going to work. I think the Brown thing's really funny, and I'd be interested to hear what Nets fans say about this. I do think there's a certain level of him that's been death by exposure in terms of what he brings to the court, and it's been great, and they definitely needed him. But come playoff time, it's like this, this part here against the Bucks that you saw is going to be what happens come playoff time. He will not be able to play. Like, he will not be able – there's no one he can guard – and there's really nothing he can do on offense. So I'm actually, the five minutes out of Brown, I'm not surprised that that was that little amount because in just retrospectively thinking about it, retrospectively, retroactively, retroactively thinking about it, whatever happens before, um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever happens when you go back and look at it, is that it was like, right, what's he going to do? He's too small for any part of his game to work against this specific team. There are a couple teams that can work against, but just the Bucks aren't one of them. Well, and, I, and so, because I want to ask, Kane the question around the guards but just to be for the for the footnote of it Bruce Brown was coming off of an injury a little a mild injury stint or co- it could have been COVID related stint but he was just getting his feet back out there but I think Doug is 100% right that if he had been playing every single game leading up to this maybe it gets to seven or eight minutes but the reality is the matchup just doesn't really favor him on the defensive side for Milwaukee, though, even if Harden's on the court or not, it was an off game for, for Kyrie Irving. I, I mentioned on our, on our side of it after the game that he has had a couple of his worst shooting performances over the last week or so. He's right smack in the middle of Ramadan and fasting from sunup to sundown. So I'm, I'm leaning on that, that, I, you know, that the fatigue is setting in from that angle. But one of the things that I saw defensively from the Bucks, when you talk about the length that they have, is the ability to pass off the assignment especially as the guards go towards the paint and go towards the basket. It just seems like there's a real potential there that if Harden or if Irving was maybe struggling to find their shot from the perimeter and wanted to attack towards the basket, they're going to find a lot of congestion there and be met with guys that are not only just have the length, but also have the defensive, you know, acumen to do it without fouling with consistency. Is that, is that something that you think the Bucks would look to do as opposed to one-on-one, D-up, D and just try to take this guy all the way to the hole if he wants to? Or are they going to rely on the Middletons, the Giannis's, and even the Brook Lopez's of the, of the world for that rim protection? Yeah, I mean, they'll definitely be leaning on. And that's why if they can get away with playing Brook Lopez for 
you know, at least 25 minutes a game in this series, they're going to feel pretty good about it. I mean, the last two years, the Bucs were, were basically historic with their paint defense and, and Brook Lopez led that. And then you got Giannis, who's probably the best help defender in the league. So, you know, if you get beat on the perimeter, as long as you make it difficult and you don't just get completely blown by, then chances are you're going to get, have some pretty good help behind you. So that's what the Bucs have leaned on. But this year, they came into this season, I, I believe last year, the stat was that they uh, switched uh, the least in the entire league. Now, we've seen this slowly building all season long. Now, adding Drew Holiday is a huge help for that. He's obviously fantastic on that end. The trade for PJ Tucker has been huge, and he's only in his 13... I think he's played 13 games for the Bucs so far. So all of a sudden, we saw in down the stretch last night that they've got a super versatile closing lineup now. You can either go to Brook Lopez if the matchup is out there, or you go to PJ, Drew, Chris, Giannis, and a fifth guy, and you've got four pretty high-level defenders. So I do think that... Again, if you're playing Brooklyn, I mean, it's like last night. Like Durant, he scored 42 points. He's going to score them. And you know that it's coming. But if you can force him to shoot below 50%, so like 16 for 33, like if you looked at that box score, you'd say, okay, well, you you probably have to take that because I I don't know what else you're going to do. I mean, he still shot a career-high seven three-pointers. But I thought in general, the Bucs did a pretty good job. I mean, it's Kevin Durant. What the hell are you supposed to do about that? So I think that that's going to be the key for the Bucs. <laughs> if, you, if you force them into to, to difficult shots, I mean, you've got to take it. You've got to be happy with that. It's time to talk about rockauto.com now, the family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. You can spend, uh, why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box today. Now we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And then jump across to betonline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at betonline.ag so keep up with the brewers who are playing some pretty nice baseball right now but you can get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs not just the mlb but obviously we've got the nba and the milwaukee bucks nhl and all your ufc and mma action as well before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on there. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Yeah, the switching thing, I agree with you, has me concerned. And I know that's even actually at times been on sort of like a national level story about their ability to make the switch upstream in this part of it, like where they are definitely moving toward that. And they actually have the person. It's really scary because they have the per- like use of the personnel to actually just do it. They probably always have gotten away with it, but now they can actually get away with it at an elite level if it's really tied together. And the closing lineup, that's so I was kind of bummed when they when they got Tucker in that trade. We were I was long hoping that Tucker would come over in the Harden trade that he would just get thrown in as a piece of that, like to say, 
because the salary was so low and, and I, it would have been easy to match and like it would have easily kind of just worked itself in there. And when it didn't happen, uh, I mean, we were just a little bit bummed. Not to like have your cake and eat it too, but it, it felt like that would, because the other part of it was not simultaneously wanting him to come over, but then not wanting him to go somewhere else like right, Milwaukee. Because yeah. <laughs> like, like, he wasn't, he wasn't going to go to Detroit, right? <laughs> and, and, and play alongside like Jeremy Grant, Killian Hayes while they just get bottom fed to death. So he was going to go. The Pacers to, were gunning for him. The Pacers yeah, really he was wanted gonna him. Go, right, he was going to go to somewhere like the Bucs or the Lakers or like one of these other teams like Dallas, uh, somewhere else that he, maybe not Dallas, but so he was going to go somewhere else where it was going to almost definitely be in play to hurt the net. So the fact that he went there, and then I know it was only like the last two minutes of last night's game, yesterday's game, but the fact that he's out there and just is such a bulldog and can, and you really can't, you can pass off every defensive assignment to someone else on the team that you know can basically pick it up. Like Drew can pick up Durant on a switch if you need him to, right? Like you wouldn't opt for it to happen every time, but you wouldn't be you know, it's not like switching like Brent Forbes onto him <laughs> or right, someone like right. that. Like, so, right. So it's like, it's like, it, it's still kind of bad. It's just level, it's just levels of bad to really bad for the net. So yeah, I'm definitely not, that was one of my big takeaways from the game yesterday was, oh, right. They could, besides just Giannis, like sort of shooting well, the part where you can close with a team that doesn't really have any defensive holes like the Nets can't say that. And that's what I mean about like, you'll just have to outscore them in the end and just hope that the scoring is just better than the elite defense. Because when that, that defense is dialed up and on the same page and cohesive, it is going to be a really hard thing to get even mid-range shots or like these shots that Kyrie and KD can kind of create for themselves. And Tucker's in this, in these 13 games, Kane, like, I mean, PJ Tucker, like, I'm, 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 I'm calling him dirty, not as in dirty plays, but I feel like that's what the Milwaukee Bucks have needed a veteran guy that has that type of, I mean, Doug said it, bulldog. Like you need somebody with that chippiness and that edge. You need the Pat Beverly who's going to irritate the heck out of somebody. And then at some point he starts to fall off and it becomes a little bit of a joke and you're kind of disappointed that you have him on your team. But I think Milwaukee has lacked that. Whatever Giannis, for everything that Giannis is, one thing that it doesn't seem to be is a real you know, take it over, get angry about the state of things as if he's being disrespected every time he steps on the floor. And I wonder if Tucker helps bring some of that personality to this team. Yeah, it's interesting. Going back to the question you asked right off the top about the Bucs and where I think they sit for a postseason run. That's one of the reasons why I like this team better because I think about the series against Miami last year and you had Jimmy Butler, you had Jay Crowder, and the Bucs just didn't have, it's like they just didn't have anyone that was as tough as those guys. Like, let's that's, that's, that's be, be real. They didn't. They didn't have someone that was up for the battle like those two were, and particularly Jimmy. I mean, maybe Wes Matthews was a guy, but Bud didn't really play him. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, the Bucs didn't have an answer for that. So, not only have they got PJ Tucker, who you know is going to lay it all out every single game. Drew Holiday is that, he's a quiet, he does it quietly, but he's that guy. He wants that challenge. He, again, I mentioned Eric Bledsoe, and... We always say we love Derek Bledsoe. We don't like ripping on him, but everyone's seen what's happened the last few years. And so now you have Drew Holiday. He's not shying away from from that challenge. He wants that matchup with Kyrie or James Harden or whoever it is. And then the low key guy, if you want someone that's just not going to let Giannis be hit, then Bobby Portis is is the bench guy. He just comes in and is is ready to go. <laughs> so they're a tougher team. Like that's that's definitely a, a fact. They are a tougher team this year, which I, I think they lacked in in previous postseason runs. 
Yeah, Bobby Portis, don't forget, like Bobby Portis wasn't afraid to hit his own teammate for three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he broke Meredith's face, uh, <laughs> I think like three years ago. So if he's willing to do that to his own teammate, God, God knows what he's willing to do to uh, going for blood. I don't care whose it is. I'm, I'm taking something out of here when I leave the court. No, and listen, that's, yeah, so that, that's, I think, the concern, concerning thing overall, but also the nice thing, because I'll say just watching the Bucks, I, I, I want to see them play at the level that it seems like they've, they've shown you glimpses of during the regular season, but haven't quite come across the line with when it maybe matters the most. The, the only last thing I'll ask you about maybe is just Giannis. You know, said there about his personality, his demeanor. I mean, the guys won MVPs, and yet there, there's something, something lacks there. I don't know, killer instinct or something. Is, does he look like he's in a space where now this playoff run, you'll, you'll finally get that from him, that he will take over and dominate a series? Or, to your point, have they insulated him with all of the pieces around him so that he doesn't, he doesn't have to be that guy? He doesn't have to flex an area of his personality or game that just is not naturally a part of what he does. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if you look back at the numbers, even in that Toronto series uh, and – that series is always going to be remembered for Kawhi Leonard and, and he was fantastic. But if you look at the numbers, they were basically identical. And the, the difference is that the Raptors won. And, and quite honestly, the, the Raptors won because Kawhi hit free throws. And, and again, it, that's how quickly the storyline can change. So I, I would heavily push back at anyone that said that Giannis has been bad in the playoffs. But if you've watched the series, one player does need help. And we saw against Miami, he was going up against four guys. He was doing the same against Toronto. So I, I think for this Bucks team to have success. Yeah, Giannis, the simple answer is he's going to have to hit some damn free throws. I mean, that, that's that's the reality. Yeah. But but he's going to need some help. He's going to need some help. And again, last year, this team only had Chris Middleton. This year, they've got Drew Holiday, which is the third guy that they didn't have in the past. So he, he's the ultimate competitor. But certainly from a uh, mental standpoint, he has been far more relaxed this year than I've seen him. I mean, I, I've said it before on our show, but in years gone by, if the Bucks lost the regular season game, we would go into the locker room and Giannis would just not be talking to anyone. He, he wouldn't want to talk to anyone. He'd be just frustrated, pissed off that they've lost this random Tuesday night game against the stinking Knicks. But this year has been a different case. When they've lost, he just said, well, it's about the, it's about the, the, the big picture. We have won games in the regular season before and look what happened. So that, that's not what we're trying to do this year. We're trying to get better for the postseason and hopefully win. Well, listen, it'll, it'll be a good second matchup here, obviously. Hopefully a preview of maybe something we'll see in the playoffs. But I'll tell you what right now, if Giannis isn't going to hit those free throws, then you will see a spike in DeAndre Jordan minutes in the playoffs, <laughs> specifically to come in and just be hacking away at the man and making him earn it at the stripe. Uh, we hopefully will be circling up as the playoffs get underway because if these two teams do come down the pike, of course, it'll be Kane Pittman, myself and Doug Norrie getting on. And of course, uh, remind me of who your co-host should be. I don't know why he didn't show up, couldn't stand the fight. It's either way. So Frank Madden, um, and I always say this, he's, he's actually got more of a life than me. And he also, ah. has, uh, he also has a kid. One of those so, guys. Yeah, I know, I know. He's, he's actually <laughs> out there being a dad. It's ridiculous. So uh, he, he likes Dirk. the podcast a little bit later. So yeah, exactly right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, just to be clear, <laughs> we'll get out the door. Doug Norris got a wife and kids. You don't see him calling out. This guy oh, shows up. <laughs> they're screaming outside the door right now. So I <laughs> well, he's, 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 got, he's committed. I mean, that's the difference. That's what we're talking about. That's all it is, friends. We will uh, be back in. You can follow, of course, Kane and the Locked On Bucks podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you'll find us, the Locked On Nets podcast, talking all things Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, and NBA basketball. We'll catch up soon, hopefully, talking about the Nets and a beatdown of Milwaukee in the playoffs. <laughs> 
All right, that's going to do it for today on Locked On Bucks. We will be back post-game after the game against Brooklyn, 6.30 p.m. Central Time there. And before I leave you guys, just remember, you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So Bucks, Nets, another national TV game. This one is on TNT. Milwaukee looking to get within a game and a half of the Nets as we head towards the playoffs. Bobby Portis is listed as probable. Jeff Teague, not looking like he's going to play with an ab uh, sprain uh, there or strain that's shown up on the injury report. So that's an interesting one. We'll keep an eye on that. But for now, for the fellas over at Locked On Nets and myself, Kane Pittman, uh, have a great day. We'll speak to you guys after the game.